Confirmation Sunday is one of my favorite times in the life of our church. As a family and children's minister, my duties always include getting these students ready to take their vows of confirmation to join the church. This is when children take their place as full members of our congregation, and they transition to the youth group into the capable hands of our next minister. It's the fulfillment of the cycle in their Christian lives that begins in their infant baptisms for children where promises are made on their behalf. Then these kids are raised in Christian community and Christian homes and have the chance during our courses to learn and examine their own beliefs. Hopefully they get to the place where they choose for themselves that this church is a place where they will continue to grow and promise to join this community. I've served three different congregations and walked through that process with nine different confirmation classes of students. Each one is completely unique with their own personalities and needs. And while the content remains very similar, we teach the class in unique ways with different activities and experiences that we have together. I have so many wonderful memories of teaching various classes and their students, their lessons, and each one takes on their own personality as a group and they build their own community with one another. This afternoon, six students will make their vows of confirmation and join Mulberry Street United Methodist Church as members. We have four more that will be taking their vows and joining the church later. As I said, each class is unique, but never did any of us dream that this would be the class that would be taking their vows in the middle of a pandemic. But no matter what they have faced, each one is choosing to affirm the vows made at their baptisms, joining the body of Christ as new Christians. And we hope that you will join with them in that celebration of their choice and support them in the ways that they have promised to do just that. Our staff will be recording our worship service this afternoon and sharing it with the whole congregation through our email list later this week. And I know that you will be blessed by seeing their commitment to our church and most importantly, their commitment to the universal church and Christ in their lives. The blessing of these students' confirmation is that they are being confirmed into a community. They're being confirmed into this community of faith by choosing the church that their membership will reside, but also a larger Christian community that spans time and location, even denominations, because they are declaring their faith in Christ. But what does that community look like? What does it mean to be involved in this community of faith? What does it mean to live as a representative of Christ in the world and be counted as his disciple? The scriptures from the lectionary give us two different examples of what this um, community can look like. The gospel lesson for today is that of the disciples being told that a true disciple of Christ must be willing to take up their cross and follow him. Pastor Nita Crump will be sharing that scripture with our confirmands and in our new room worship service today. And I know that each of you will be blessed as you know that they are making a commitment to follow Christ no matter where it takes them. However, I want to share with you from our epistle lesson for today, which is Paul's letter to the Romans. This gives us another view of what it means to live in Christian community, living out genuine love for one another. So go with me to Romans 12, 9 through 21. 
Listen for the word of God. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peacefully with each other. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink, for by doing this you will heap burning coals on their heads. But do not overcome, but do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This passage follows a passage where Paul discusses the body of Christ, having a variety of gifts, various callings, and differing ways of living out their lives of faith in Christ. Being followers of Christ unites them, but the expression of their gifts and talents gives the church a diversity that leads to a beautiful working together in service of God in our world. But this is, of course, followed by our passage today, this long list, an exhortation of what genuine love looks like in the community of faith. Paul is reminding his readers and each of us that diversity can easily lead to division and discord, but that the love of Christ compels us to draw together in genuine love for each other, Paul lets us know that no matter what differences we may have, when we hold together in love, we can show the world around us what being disciples of Christ can lead to, a community of faith that is called out in the different way of being in the world. Of course, our world is full of division. It's full of discord and conflict, differences that put us at odds with our brothers and our sisters, our neighbors, our family, even strangers or co-workers, but we have a calling from God. It compels us to find a different way to be as the church, a way that celebrates the various gifts and callings in our fellow Christians while loving them genuinely, even when our gifts or callings are different. To be the church is to live as a sacred community that challenges the culture of the world around us, We are a community of faith set apart from the ways of the world, drawn together in our variety of gifts to the glory of God and the building of the kingdom. Now, when I start to think about being a community that's set apart, a sacred and holy community that lives counter to the ways of the world, I get a certain picture in my mind. As a child growing up in South Georgia, I would see members of a Mennonite community in stores and around town. 
And I had plenty of curious questions for my family about why they dressed that way, why they lived so isolated from the rest of the world. As an adult, now I might think of the community of Koinonia Farms in America's Georgia. It was founded in 1942 as this multiracial and self-sustaining community that led to the creation of Habitat for Humanity, where all work together for the good of everyone. If we were to go back to biblical times, Paul, writing to, in our scripture, would be very familiar with the Essenes, a community of Jewish faith who held all their property in common with one another, share goods equally among the members of the community. For centuries, Christians and Jews have had peoples and communities that live this way, mostly isolated from the rest of the world. Now, before you get too concerned, that I might be advocating that we buy a piece of property and live together in a commune, I will say that while I admire dedication, accountability, and commitment that these types of communities require, I just don't see this kind of community supported in our scriptures as we interpret them as Methodist. Really, wouldn't it be much easier in some ways if it was that way? I'm a rule follower more than any other, and I can do very very well when there's clear expectations, a clear-cut list of do's and don'ts, what's allowed as right and wrong, and that there's no deviating from the list. That sounds like something I can get behind. But scripture just doesn't support that kind of view. When we see Jesus in the early church, Jesus has a strict community of faith present in his own life in the Pharisees. And the Pharisees are completely confounded and angered by Jesus' disregard of the laws and rules the Pharisees have placed within Jewish life. Jesus doesn't follow that code of conduct, but he reconfigures the law as loving God fully and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus extends the community of faith beyond the circle of those who know God into our neighbor. He emphasizes grace and mercy before retribution and harsh consequences when breaking the law. Even Paul in our scripture lists out 23 prescribed actions for how we know what genuine love looks like in our lives and community, but also charges the church to be in community with those who persecute them, to extend the love of Christ into the world around them. Paul is, of course, a former Pharisee, but he recognizes that Jesus opens the way. He opens the way to understand God through redemption, that we also must open this community to those who we disagree with, that we celebrate various gifts and abilities in the fellowship of believers and trust that God will pull it all together for the work for us to do on his behalf. Even our founding father of Methodism, John Wesley, was very strict in his understanding and practice of spiritual disciplines. But he also pushes us to know that we are to be at work in the world around us, not so segregated and isolated from it that we have no impact on the lives of those we encounter. Wesleyan theology teaches that us that our holiness as Christ followers is not just a prescription of right and wrongs, but a social holiness informed by the community that we are a part of in the world. As the church, we are marked by the love of Christ, the love of one another, and in ministry to the world around us, 
that they can come to know the transformational power of God's love as well. We are called to be different from the world around us, but still interact and share with the world the love of God. We live guided by the life and love of Christ in all that we do so that we can be true examples of faith in our families, our workplaces, in the community, and in the world. We live our lives of faith so that others might know the love of Christ. Or as one of my favorite Christian ethicists likes to say, Stanley Hauerwas says, the church must be the church so that the world recognizes that they are the world. Our lives in the community of faith are to be one of commitment, one of accountability, and we are to be set apart in a way that leads others to know that we know Christ and draw them to know Christ too. If we aren't going to be a selective and exclusive community like the Mennonites or Koinonia Farms, what kind of community will we be? What kind of community does that knowledge of God's love lead us to be? What kind of community have these confirmands decided to join and are willing to support with their lives? Paul lays that out. This is a community that is full of genuine love for one another, one that welcomes all in hospitality, and a community that works to overcome evil with good. We are a community of faith that seeks to stand against the division and discord of the world and are a part of God's work inside the world, transforming it into God's kingdom on earth. This is the kind of community that the confirmands seek to join, one that we all have pledged to be a part of as well. This afternoon, the question that our confirmands will answer is one that we all answer when we join a local congregation in the United Methodist Church. That question is this, will you support our local church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? And that question is reaffirmed not just by those students, but the entire congregation when we welcome them into our community. We all make those five promises regularly. So think of this as your most recent reminder of your own vow and take inventory of if you are fulfilling what you have promised to our community of faith. We are confirming these students into our community so we all have a chance to confirm our vows again. We all must evaluate, are we supporting our church with our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness? So I'll ask you, are we praying for our fellow members of our church? Are we praying for the leadership and the staff who are facing such uncertainty in our ministries? Are we all fully present for worship, whether in person or online? Are we willing to give to the church of our abilities and financial gifts that our ministries as a church will continue in the heart of Macon for another year? Are we serving within the church in new ways that align with our passions and callings? Are we willing to share the good news of Christ with our fellow believers to witness to them and encourage them in their own work? What does the support of our church with our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness mean for you today? When we're living so much of our lives isolated at home or spending time working online or spending time with people remotely, how can we carry out these vows? 
Mulberry Street UMC has always been a community for Christians in Macon. And today we must be more and more creative in how we serve the people of God in the world around us. What is God calling you to do that can enhance our ministry here in Macon? What ways can you support our congregation with your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness? When we face that division and discord within our world, how can we be Christians that show the heart of God in the presence in our community? How can you serve as a Christian in the world and share the love of Christ with your family, your social group, your online community, school, or workplace? I'll tell you, you can do that in the same way that you support our church, by giving your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Because these vows as members of our congregation are not just commitments within the four walls of this congregation and church, but they are the ways that we show our commitment to Christ within the world outside the church as well. So how are we praying for the world and the community around our church? How are we present for those who are hurting so badly today? How are we giving to those in need? How are we serving others in daily life? How are we giving witness to what God is doing in the world around us? If we are to be God's representatives in the world, we must be connected to Christ's body in the church. But we also are responsible, as Jesus taught us, for extending that ministry into the world around us. We want to extend Christ's love into the world so that others can see what it means to live as a Christian each day, that they can know how Christ can make a difference in their life as well. Each member of Mulberry Street United Methodist Church, including our confirmands now, make that commitment to support our church with their prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness so that Christ lives in the world today. Christ is found inside our commitment to seeing the church extend ministry into the world so that it may be transformed into God's kingdom on earth. Amen.